So in the first part, we looked at uh, the different stages of the discipleship journey. And in the second part, we look, we're going to look at how can we grow as disciples? What is the plan? Okay, what is the plan? How do we accomplish it? Now, you see, when you build a building, any building, do you think the laborers just come, put some bricks, put some mortar, cement, and the building comes up? No. Long before even the foundations or anything comes up, there's something that happens. A plan. You have a blueprint. All right? So the blueprint determines what the building is going to be like, and then you build according to the blueprint, and then you have this building come up. And it's the same thing where discipleship is concerned. We've got to have a blueprint. And I shared a little bit of the blueprint in the first part about what, we want to, what, what is going to be the result. But what we've done is we've put down eight or nine milestones in our discipleship journey. Okay? We've put down some milestones in the discipleship journey. And uh, I, I'm just sharing these now. We are not going to go into detail because we could spend one session just on each milestone. So let, let me start with the basic, the foundations. Okay? B these come even before the milestone happens. What are the basic things we need to take care of? Number one is you need to be born again. Turn to somebody and say, born again. You must be born again. That, that, that's a starting point. Okay? Where you know that you have crossed from death to life, you've put your faith in Jesus. Born again. The moment you are born again, the next thing that needs to happen is you need to be baptized in water. Remember what Jesus said. Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father. Okay, when, I, when it talks about baptism, we've got a whole lesson on baptism if you're not yet baptized. But baptism happens to people who have faith in Jesus. Baptism doesn't happen to babies. Now maybe... Those from a Christian background, when you were an infant, maybe you were sprinkled with water or something happened. That is not the baptism that the Bible speaks about. Alright? So baptism is after you have put your faith in Jesus. As a sign of your following Jesus, you're saying, Jesus, I believe in you. And Jesus says, okay, get baptized. That's the first thing he says. Go and make disciples, baptize them. So if anybody has put their faith in Jesus and wants to follow Jesus and obey him, come and see one of us and say, I want to get baptized. All right? Now, the third thing after baptism in water is baptism with the Holy Spirit. We can't live this Christian life unless we have the Holy Spirit empowering us. When you come to faith, the Holy Spirit lives in you. But when you're immersed with the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit covers you and you have new power. Okay? If you've not yet received the baptism with the Holy Spirit, you need to be baptized with the Holy Spirit. We can pray for you. Okay? You see, it'll make a huge difference. You remember the, the Apostle Peter, before he was baptized with the Holy Spirit, he was afraid of a servant girl. He didn't have boldness. After he was baptized with the Holy Spirit, he boldly stood up and spoke to huge crowds about Jesus. 
And he said, you crucified him. <laughs> but God raised him. He was born. And so that's what the Holy Spirit does. When we are baptized with the Holy Spirit, we get boldness to proclaim the gospel. So, before we even start the blueprint, the foundations, you need to be born again, baptized in water, baptized in the Holy Spirit, and belong to a church family, which is what, you know, in, in this case, you're part of Word of Grace. That's great. Okay. Now, then we have some milestones. You know, when you go on a journey, let's say it's 100 kilometers away, there are milestones that tell you, okay, 90, 80, 70, 60, 50. Anybody, when you drive, do you watch those milestones? <laughs> you know, you say, oh, okay, great. So in our discipleship journey also, there are milestones, okay? And we'll, I'll just cover them briefly right now. Like I said, each milestone is one whole session. It's not just telling you, but it's training you, which, we can, which we'll do uh, separately. Okay. The first milestone is a quiet time. It's called personal worship. Jesus has saved us, and he's saved us, and he called, you know, the, the Bible says we are called into fellowship with Jesus Christ. Called to fellowship. We are called into a relationship with Jesus Christ. Now, some people think salvation, anybody played Monopoly? Monopoly? Yes. Yeah. You get a card. It's called get out of jail free. You know that? Yeah. yeah? And it's good to have that card. If you end up in jail, you put the card and you're out. And some people treat salvation like a get out of hell free card. So I believe in Jesus, I'm not going to hell. Great. You know, and we keep that card in our pocket. And one day we'll die and we come up before God and we say, see this card. <laughs> you know, but, but salvation is, it's, it's true. It's about getting out of hell, but it's more than that. You know, it's about having a relationship with Jesus and serving him, living for him. That's what it is. So if, if somebody says, you know, I'm not, you know, I, I, I'm saved, but they're not interested in the church, not interested in the Bible, not interested in worship, praying, serving, giving. The question mark is, are they really born again? You know? It's like a woman who says, I'm going to get married to this man, great. And she leaves her parents' house and then says, I'm going to live on my own. <laughs> You're not married. <laughs> You know, you've got to live with your husband and it's a new relationship and a new life. And that's the same thing with Jesus. We leave our old way of life and then we have a new life with Jesus where we are living to please Him. Okay? So that personal worship is, is what we cover. And, uh, and, and discipleship is something where, remember, it's passing on of life to people. It's not just teaching. So, for example, we see in Mark 1.35, it's Jesus set the example. Okay, Jesus was very busy. In Mark chapter 1, he was healing people, casting out demon spirits. People were coming to him. He was very busy. But this is what he did. Very early in the morning, when it was still dark, I don't know what time you get up in the morning, but Jesus got up, not just in the morning, but very early while it was still dark. And he says he got off, went off to a solitary place where he prayed. So 
This personal worship is where we are spending time with the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. We are spending time in God's Word. And there are two parts in this. One is uh, we are reading God's Word and hearing Him. And uh, part of our discipleship will teach you is how to read the Word, how to make, uh, write down some meditations, how to see you can apply it to your life and so forth. So we won't get into that, but just touching on that. And then the second part of this of personal worship is we are talking to the Father. We are praying. And there are different kinds of prayers, you know, where we pray for our nation, for ourselves, for our families. Uh, at, at the camp, we heard this amazing, amazing testimony of uh, Sweden. Sweden, Franco leads regions beyond in uh, India, and his wife was sharing the word, and she shared this amazing amazing message and what was powerful was her testimony she was a 16 or 17 year old girl okay and she was the only believer in her family that's what she was her mother was a believer as well okay and a few years earlier her father had died and then she she her mother came to faith she came to faith and then her mother was diagnosed with cancer and her mother died. Now, a young girl, no parents, and she's saying, Lord, you took away my father. My father went now my mother also, you know, and that, that was her state. And she had two brothers and a sister. The brother was an alcoholic, one brother. The other brother was uh, not a very social person. He was just caught up with his work, and so not much interaction. And her other sister got married and left the house. And so she's a single teenager. What did she do? She said, I just threw myself on God. Okay? I just went, read the Bible, prayed, went to life groups, went to the church meeting, went to the prayer meeting, went, just did, 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 all that. And her mother used to pray. Her mother used to pray for herself, her children, and just pray and pray for the children to come and everything else. Fast forward now, 30 years later. Okay, Sweden is saying, you know what has happened? Both my brothers have come to faith and my sister. Wow, all of them are believers. Okay, they've all, their families are all believers. Their children are all believers. Isn't that amazing? And they've got five great-grandchildren great right now. We're tiny, they're not yet in faith. But the prayers of a mother stretch through four generations. Isn't that amazing? Yes. You know, so whatever your situation is, don't give up praying. You know, here's a 16-year-old girl, only believer, lost her parents, but pray. So this quiet time is so important. Okay? And, and now, we've told you what it is, but how do you have a quiet time? Like I said, you know, when I was discipled by my friend Kurt, he showed me how to have a quiet time. And he guided me. And that was so helpful. Yeah? And so we will see how we can disciple each one of you and help you grow in your faith. All right. So the next milestone, so the first milestone is we are having personal worship. Every day with God, as far as possible, we are meeting with Him. And it doesn't end when you're 20 or 30 or 40 or 85. 
You know, it goes on till we reach, till we have a quiet time with Jesus in heaven. <laughs> you know, so we never outgrow that. Okay, the next thing, not just quiet time, and, and, and along with the quiet time, we'll share with you other things, like how to maintain a journal, you know, how to write down your thoughts, how to share these with people, and, and many other things. Okay, the next milestone is public worship. All right? What does that mean? This means meeting together. You know, there are some Christians who say, yes, I'm saved. It's me and God. That's it. Okay? It's not you and God. <laughs> when you become part, when you become a child of God, you are placed in a family with other brothers and sisters. Okay? Turn to somebody and say, hi, brother or hi, sister. <laughs> <laughs> Okay? So, it, so it's like this, you know. You, you can't choose your relatives. You can't choose your physical brothers and sisters. You're born and you have brothers and sisters. Whether you like them, you don't like them, whatever. And it's the same thing with the spiritual family. Okay? We've got brothers and sisters. And so with these milestones, we are looking at what is... When, when Jesus said, teach them to obey everything I have commanded you, what are Jesus' commands that we need to obey. Okay? So here's one of the things. P meeting together, public worship. Okay? In, in Acts chapter 2, verse 46, it says, Acts 2, verse 46, every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. Okay? So the early disciples, remember 3,000 of them, they were so excited Every day they met together. They were on fire for Jesus. Okay? Now, that was initially, but then later on, they met together publicly at least once a week. Okay? So, 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 4. 1 Corinthians 5, verse 4. Paul, writing to the Corinthians, says this. When you meet together, let me pull out that verse. Chapter 5, verse 4 says, uh, When you are assembled in the name of our Lord Jesus. So there was a regular gathering. They used to meet on the Lord's Day, the first day of the week. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25 says this. Do not neglect meeting together as some of you are in the habit of doing. So here is this. Jesus' command to each and every one of us is this. Don't neglect the public meeting. Okay? And that is held here every Sunday. Now, how do we, what do we meet for? Okay? So, we, we meet together to worship God, to meet one another. We meet together to spur one another to love and good deeds. Hebrews 10, 24 says that. He says, spur one another towards love and good deeds. That means we are encouraging one another in God. That's what we are meeting for. It's, and we're meeting to eat. To, we eat together as we're going to eat in a little bit. But it's not just eating and meeting. It's encouraging one another to become more like Jesus. It means praying for one another and, and sharing our burdens with one another. And it's, it's fellowship, it's partnership, and it's sharing lives together. Now, What does it mean, do not neglect meeting together? What it means is this. We meet together every Sunday. But 
One Sunday you fall sick. You know, you just... Fever, COVID, all that. What should you do? What should you do? Hey, please stay at home. <laughs> all right. So, 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 what do you got to do? Say, so, ask yourself this question. Say, if I would not, if I if I was sick and I couldn't go to work, I can't go to church. Stay at home. All right. So, so there is a balance. You know, but, but sometimes, you know, um, I don't know about you, but when we were kids, sometimes you had a test or you had something and you didn't want to go to school. <laughs> and you wake up in the morning, Mom, I just feel a bit feverish. <laughs> you know, I'm feeling something and uh, all, all those things happen, you know. Oh, my stomach, my head, all the parts of the body. Mom says, just get up and go. Okay. <laughs> You know, so, so we've got to discern, yeah. Uh, am I so sick that I can't come? Yeah, please stay at home. You know, you're, you're unwell, you've had a very, you know, that thing. But don't make a habit of that. That's the point. Okay, one off, that happens. You know, now, we, we used to have some friends here who were from Bombay at Word of Grace. And, and they were such a hospitable family. Okay, wonderful. You know, and uh, you go to their house and come on, have a meal, this, that, lovely place, lo lovely thing. Okay, now the thing was they had a very big family. And so every other week somebody from Bombay or Goa or somebody would come to visit them. And the result was they would not make it for the church meeting. Now, you know, some relative comes to your place, your brother, father, please stay, enjoy, go and see Khandala, Lonavala, whatever you, there is to see, that's fine. But if relatives come every second week, that becomes a habit, okay? So this is what I, we told them. I said, listen, tell your relatives, whoever they are, you're welcome to come, enjoy your hospitality, but 10.30 to 12 o'clock, 12.30, we worship Jesus. You're welcome to join us. Come and join us. You know, or you sleep in late, we'll be back for lunch. Get it? So, so we are understanding how we handle this balance. Okay, because we, we are here for Christ. All right? And, uh, and, and uh, we, we, have a, we have a purpose. We want to make disciples. We want to see the church built up. Sadly, even in the West today, you know, over one-third of the church is not there on a Sunday. You see, where, where in, the, in the old days, there were no malls, there was no entertainment. The only thing was Doordarshan. Once a week, you had an English program, I think, or, or some songs or something like that. All the young people have no clue what I'm talking about. <laughs> All right, we didn't have color TV. We had nothing. I mean, you know, and, and there was no entertainment. And people came to church. But today, the standard of living has gone up. There is Netflix, there's uh, uh, malls, there's gardens, there's places you can go. You have a and what has happened is it is now enjoy life. God has made everything for us to enjoy. But what we're saying is we, are, we, have a, we have a calling. God has called us for a purpose, to build, to, to make disciples. And that happens only through 
commitment. All right? So, so remember, when we're talking about public worship, as far as is possible, be there. You're sick, stay at home. Okay? You've got relatives who've come, friends who've come, enjoy with them. Don't make it a habit. That's the point. All right? And we've got to be able to gently say to them, hey, this is, you know, I mean, simple. If relatives came, you'd not miss your job. You know, if you kept missing your work every Monday, the boss will say, you know what, why don't you just stay Tuesday as well and Wednesday? <laughs> All right. All right. So let's look at it. So, so the first milestone is our relationship with God. The second milestone is our relationship with the church, the public meeting, where we are committed to it. And why are we committed to it? Because there is something powerful that happens. 1 Corinthians 5, 4. You know, we see God is everywhere, right? But 1 Corinthians 5, 4 says, When you are assembled in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, and I am with you in spirit, and the power of our Lord Jesus is present. We don't understand spiritual realities, but when we come together in unity, saying we've come to worship God, the power of Jesus is present to heal, to deliver, to set us free, to answer prayers. I, I, I don't understand it, but that's what the Bible says. All right? So there's power there. Okay, let's move on. The third, so we've got personal worship, public worship, and the third thing is heart worship. Now, what is heart worship? Okay. It's like this. In Matthew chapter 6, verse 21, Jesus says this. Matthew chapter 6, 21. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Where is your heart? Uh, it's on the left side, somewhere here. I don't know. Yeah? Now, we know our physical heart is here, but Jesus is saying, where, what you value, where your treasure is, that's where your heart is. What does it mean? Okay. So, for example, uh, I don't know if anybody knows about the stock market. Okay. Let, let's say you bought shares in Reliance. Sushil, I don't know what the price of Reliance is, but let's say it's 2,000 rupees. 2,000. All right. So, it's 2,000 rupees. And, and you put 1 lakh into Reliance, 2,000 rupees, that's... 50 shares, all right? Fine. Now, tomorrow if Reliance goes to 4,000 rupees, <laughs> all right? You put one lakh, it became two lakhs. How will you feel? You feel, wow, great. You feel happy. You'll say, hey, I'll sponsor the biryani today. <laughs> you know, that, that's what happens. Now, why is that? Because you're... Your money was in there, so your heart is affected. Okay? Day after tomorrow, if reliance falls to 1,000 rupees, okay, you've lost 50,000. What happens to your heart? Uh, God. Okay? Now, maybe last week, reliance went to 3,000, went to 500, but you have not invested any money in that. What happens to your heart? Not affected. Because your heart is not in there. Because you've not invested anything in there, right? Now, so when it comes to God's church, okay, Jesus is very clear about our giving. 
He says, when you put your money into the church, your heart will follow. Okay, so when people say, you know, I'm not really, I don't feel like reading the Bible. I don't feel like coming for a prayer meeting. I don't like attending the gym or coming on a Sunday morning. Oh, you know, uh, the re- one, when you go to a doctor, the doctor check, tells you to stick your tongue out and he does all these tests, takes your temperature, your weight and puts the thing on your chest and all that. You know, they're looking to see where is the problem. And really what we can diagnose when people are not interested in the things of God yeah, is simple. Their heart is not there. And their heart is not there because their treasure is not there. Okay? So what we're going to speak about in the heart worship is calling people. To, and now most of you are faithful, so I'm just reading re- this thing. It says this. We, we are called to not pay, but to bring our tithes and offerings to the local church. Okay? So the Bible is clear, in the old, right in the Old Testament. Now we can do a whole one-hour teaching on this, but we won't. Where right from the time of Abraham, right till now, where God expects us, He says, I'm giving you, everything belongs to me. I'm giving you so much. What I want you to do is take a minimum of 10% and bring it to the local storehouse. Okay? And he says, you do this and I will bless you. Anybody experience that blessing? I know I have. All right? He said, I will bless you. Now, that's our expectation. Okay? If you're a student, I want to encourage you, tithe. Even as a student. I remember tithing, even as a student. All right? If you're working, definitely tithe. Really what we're saying, whatever income God gives you, give 10%. And 10% is a starting point. All right? And as God prospers us more, we even increase that. But that is, that is what God has said over and over again in Scripture. And we have no time to get into all of that. Okay? And we'll do a full teaching as we do the discipleship separately. But... Uh, you know, now w- one of the things we speak about finances, how, you know, uh, at the end of this biryani thing, we've told all of you to, you know, uh, pay 100 rupees towards the biryani. And we said, don't put it in the Word of Grace Church account, but give it to Samantha. The reason being is all our accounts are audited. You've got an accountant, an auditor, and if 50 people make a transaction of 100 rupees, he has to make 50 transactions there. Okay? So whereas we do it to Samantha and she does want. 50 entries there, you know, but as she does one transfer, it's only one entry. So all our accounts are audited, they are submitted to the charity commissioner, all that happens, okay? The money does not come to me, okay? I get a salary, so whether it's up or down, the offering, my salary is my fixed, it's not, you know, bigger the offering or something like that, that doesn't happen. We use this money for the upkeep, rental, buying stuff, salaries. And we give away a lot of money. We support a lot of things. You remember in the pandemic, we've, we have something called, uh, Sundar brought it this morning, Joy of Giving, where in addition to our tithes, you know, tithes belong to God. You're just giving Him back what he, you owe Him. But in addition to that, we have something called Joy of Giving, where we collect money for the poor and needy. All right? And uh, just recently I told you, we gave 60,000 rupees towards uh, education for all. 
which is an organization that goes into the poorest villages in UP and other places and gives them education. There are so many people. You know, our, our nation is in a mess because people don't have education. One of the reasons, not, not the only uh, are struggling with education. And nobody wants to educate them. Okay? Whereas Christians are going in and saying, we will educate people and help them come up in life. Right? And that's just one of the things we're giving. And I spoke about how we gave towards building a church uh, last week. All right. Okay, so, so we've got three things. There's, there's personal worship, there's public worship, and there's heart worship. Okay, these are things we need to put into practice if we want to grow as a disciple. If you don't do these things, your growth is going to be stuck. That's what's going to happen. happen you know? and, and the most horrible thing is to see an adult with pampers. Yeah, it's true. You know, there are some people who just can't, you know, and, and, but whereas you want to be somebody who's an infant, child, young adult, father, there's got to be growth that is happening. Okay, growth. And, 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 and sometimes, we, we, you know, we may neglect one of, the, one of these three things. I'll neglect the public meeting. You're going to be stuck. I'll neglect my personal walk with God. You're going to be stuck. I'll neglect giving. You're going to be stuck. Okay? And, and this is something that the Bible says. It says. As we obey these things, there is blessing. All right. Let's go to the fourth thing. The fourth thing talks about small groups. Okay? Acts 2.46 Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts. Small groups, we have something called gyms. God, you, and me. Every, anybody, every part of a gym, put your hand up. All right. Many, but not everybody. Now, I want to encourage everybody to be part of a gym. The reason being, you see, on a Sunday morning, we had a larger crowd. You can't really talk to people. But in a gym where you have a dozen people, you can relate, you can share, you can pray for one another, you can share your burdens, and... Together, we can partner in doing something. Okay? So, um, I want to encourage every one of you, be part of some gym. Okay? In Bavdan, we've now started an online gym. Okay? So, if there's somebody who's, you know, there's no gym in your area, you can be part of that online gym because people are scattered a bit. Okay? But that gym is important for your growth. And uh, gyms can be wonderful times of just getting to know people because the church is made up of relationship, friendship. Okay? And invest in that. Remember, I, I shared a verse, I think, last week where Jesus called the 12 disciples to him so that they might be with him. And, 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 and that's what the gyms are about. We are together. We, are, we get to know one another. We are in and out of people's homes we are sharing our problems, our burdens, praying for one another, serving one another. And it's amazing, wonderful time. And learning from one another. Okay. I think we'll bring this session to a close. Okay. And we've looked at um, 
the stages of discipleship, and we looked at four key things to grow in. Yeah? Personal worship, public worship, heart worship, small groups. Okay? We're going to break for lunch in another five minutes. Okay? But what I want you all to do is, we're going to just, you know, we're not just going to eat together, as in just eat and go, but we're going to eat in our gym groups. Okay? So, uh, Sundar and Hazel, that's one gym group. There's uh, Lasya, Andrew, that's another gym group. Then there's uh, Sushil Alma, and that's another gym group. Then we'll have a Hindi gym group. And the rest of you, Bhavdan and all, can join me in the fourth gym group. Okay? And we'll eat together, and we'll just chat. And, and you know, and maybe, and that's the thing about a gym group. You can look at today's message and say, hey, What's, what did you get? Which stage do you think you are? And if you feel comfortable sharing that, just share that. We'd love to hear that. You know? and, 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 and it's not to condemn anybody, but it's to say, hey, we've got to recognize where we are before we can decide where we're going to go. You know? And you may have some questions. Ask questions. Okay, we can talk and discuss and, and do that. And, uh, and if you're not yet part of a gym, you can be part of the gym. Amen. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for our time this morning. Thank you for each one here, Lord. Thank you that you are building your church as we attempt to make disciples. Lord, I pray that we would have, a, that all of these words that I've spoken, Lord, would fall on good soil and bear much fruit. That we'd have many, many disciples here, Lord, that will bring glory to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.